This sentence has five words. Here are five more words. Five word sentences are fine, but several together become monotonous. Listen to what is happening. The writing is getting boring. The sound of it drones. It's like a stuck record. The ear demands some variety. Now listen. I vary the sentence length and I create music. Music. The writing sings. It has a pleasant rhythm, a lilt, a harmony. I use short sentences. And I use sentences of a medium length. And sometimes, when I am certain the reader is rested, I will engage him with a sentence of considerable length, a sentence that burns with energy and builds with all the impetus of a crescendo, the roll of the drums, the crash of the cymbals, sounds that say, listen to this, it is important. Gary Provost. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Lee just finished writing her first book. And in celebration, we are going to be giving away some of our merch on our Facebook page. So head to our Facebook page, enter the contest. You just have to like and share the post. You'll be entered to win a mug and a laptop case of your choice. But also, yay me, I finished my first book. Yay! So our episode today is about when your writing is just boring. Now... I place a huge caveat on this. It depends on your target audience. If you are writing action, your readers are most likely going to find long descriptive sentences incredibly boring. Especially if it's aesthetic. That's one of the things that I look out for in my own writing when self-editing is making sure the location is concise and clear without weighing down the story. So let's get into our actual example for boring writing. She came to the meadow to get away from the world. It was green as far as the eye can see, with birds and flowers visible across the field. There was a tapping on wood from a woodpecker behind her as she walked with the sun on her face. She could almost taste it. So this isn't necessarily bad, but let's identify the problems in it that make it boring. A lot of these details are very clinical, and there's very little emotion attached to anything that's going on. The closest we get is she's trying to get away from something by coming here. It's also a little hard to follow because it's normal. There's nothing there that keeps my eye on that part of the sentence. I just kind of say, oh, she goes into a meadow, it's green, birds, sun is warm, okay, move on. That's how I tend to read if I run into something that's boring is I just pick out important keywords and then just move on, which isn't necessarily something you want your readers to do. There needs to be a emotional connection of why she's noticing the flowers and the birds. Otherwise, you're just saying words. So identifying which of these words are superfluous in the scene setting or whatever your writing is doing will help in stepping toward that solution. Like this particular sentence, there was tapping on wood from a woodpecker. Yeah, that's what woodpeckers do. Now, if you have a woodpecker like one at my house that likes to tap on the swamp cooler that I have, it is the tapping of a woodpecker on metal. 
that is unique. That is different. And honestly, if I told you, oh, I heard a woodpecker today, would you think of flapping wings? No, I would think of the thunk, 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 thunk of a woodpecker. (laughs) Another way to make something incredibly boring for your audience is to make the sentences really long and difficult to track. So if you listened carefully, in the last sentence, as she was reading, there was tapping on wood from a woodpecker behind her as she walked with the sun so warm on her face she could almost taste it. Lee actually edited it as she was reading because she couldn't handle how long and wandering the sentence was. And for the record, I wrote this sentence for the example. So that's the kind of example is like you hear... You'd go from the tapping of the woodpecker to the warm on her face. She could almost taste it. You can't taste warmth. That's weird. But okay. One of the biggest red flags as far as having boring writing is if you're telling yourself, I don't want to write this, but the audience needs to know. If you don't want to write it, guess what? Write selfishly. Skip it. Write what you want to write. Move on. And if they really need to know it, you can figure out a better way to present it that doesn't bore you. Okay, so we've identified how to make something boring. How do we make that change? The biggest thing is bring the humanity into the moment. Give us the emotion because that's why people care about characters. So the opening sentence was, she came to the meadow to get away from the world. Okay, better is she needed to get away from the world. In her childhood, the meadow had always been a great refuge. There's an emotional attachment to this place that your reader can relate to. Also, it is okay to dig into the details. Not just say birds and flowers visible across the field, but the sweet aroma of the blooming wildflowers encased her senses and she felt herself relax. Or even the smell of those drying summer grasses. That conjures a very specific image in my mind. That helps immerse the reader in the moment in an engaging way where they feel like they're part of it and not just watching it on a screen. And as an editor, I will often pinpoint what are potentially boring words and say, you can find something better here. So one of the words in the example was the word visible. The flowers were visible. Maybe replace that with just a more interesting word. Flowers peppered the meadow. When we say replace the word, we don't mean go to the thesaurus and pick a more fancy sounding word. Sometimes it takes restructuring the sentence to make it more interesting. So another thing that you can do One thought per sentence. I don't want any H.P. Lovecraft. I don't want any Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Steinbeck. No, yeah, just keep it simple. This is not the era for run-on sentences. Like in this example, we had both the woodpecker and the sun. Two different sensations. You're hearing one and you're tasting the warmth of the sun with the other. There are two different thoughts, two different ideas that may be happening at the same time, but... If you think of your book like a movie, each sentence is a camera shot. You don't want to show too much in the camera shot because then people will lose track of what's important. These moments not only tell us about the scene itself, but tell us more about the character. And that goes back to bringing the humanity back to the moment. 
And you don't have to just bring the humanity to the moment. You can bring humanity to the objects. Anthropomorphizing your objects, your scene, your moments can do a lot to change the atmosphere of the location that your characters are experiencing. So is the meadow welcoming? Are the flowers dancing? It is such a fun way to describe the world because humans have a tendency to humanize objects. And so if you're including this in your writing, your readers will connect with it. The birds are dancing in the skies. We get an image of how the birds are behaving. They aren't just gliding, but they're playing. Another thing that you can do is break up the paragraphs and sentences as much as possible. It adds rhythm to the story. And something that I have to force myself to do that helps make the moment interesting is inserting a metaphor. I am a literalist. Metaphors are difficult for me at best. So I've trained myself to use them because I want my readers to appreciate my technical accuracy in my fight choreography. But I want non-fight choreography people to understand what's going on also. Metaphors are a great tool for spicing up something that can be very clinical. So let's go to our new example once we've applied these things that we've discussed. She just needed to get away. The meadow. That might soothe her aching soul. The mere memory brought a smile to her face even now. Robins playing about the heather with spots of lavender interrupting the vast ocean of emerald. Even the usually annoying woodpecker would be welcome. And the sun. There was a sweetness in it that she couldn't quite describe. She only knew that she longed for it in a way this dreary urban life could never fulfill. Feel how much more emotion and connection was in that description compared to the last. There was a lot of varying in the sentence length, in the actual structure of the words that made it flow. It had a rhythm. Like our opening quote said, it gives it a harmony, a music to it. That opening sentence was broken up actually into three sentences Instead of just wanting to go to the meadow, and music is called a call and a response, a question and answer. She needed to get away from the world. That's the question. How is she going to do this? The answer is the meadow. That might soothe her aching soul. That question and answer, that call and response, helps the readers lean forward and read just that next sentence. You can apply these ideas to more than just scene descriptions. You can apply it to dialogue. You can apply it to fight scenes. You can apply it to whatever. It applies to all forms of writing. Honestly, if you can't figure it out when you're first writing it, don't worry. Put something on the page. That's more important. My book needs so much editing. A lot of it is admittedly boring because of things like this, where I just put something down because that's all I could think of in the moment. But I had to focus and you need to focus on writing selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.